0: You are listening to the GTT Podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind.
1: righty. well welcome everybody and I'd like to uh, welcome particularly our podcast listeners now. Today being Wednesday, September the 6th, 2023. And uh, we have 22 people with us today in attendance, so that's great to see. Um, once again, this year, we're very privileged and honored to have Michael Fair join us again for his continuation of his uh, unseen touch screen course. This is the uh, second year that Michael will be involved with the program and and helping us along the way with it. and we really value his participation and involvement in the group. This will be our eleventh session, and this of course being an extension of, Michael's ebook. and if you want some more information on how to get that or more about that, you can find out it on the GTT program blog. So without further hesitation, we'll uh, hand things over to Michael and uh, welcome him back for his second season.
2: Michael? Hey, everybody. Well, yeah, it's been an interesting summer and now things are getting back in swing and uh, we're picking up, I think where we left off. We finished uh, our tour of settings, and that was a two-parter. That had a lot uh, packed into it. And, of course, that's only a, a superficial glance at everything uh, as, as these sessions uh, tend to be. I would urge people to go through the guide, uh, go through the book for more details. Uh, also, people should be aware that, of course, iOS, it's, that book was written for iOS 15, and we're about to see the emergence of iOS 17 in a couple, probably a two or three weeks uh, depending on exactly how quick Apple is off the mark uh, with this. Um, and it's, it's going to uh, possibly change some things, uh, you know, especially given uh, with this guide. And uh, so uh, every, if, if we cover something in in these sessions, it's probably going to be more up to date as long as I've learned uh, what happens <laughs> is, you know, before I get to that section of, of the course. And, so we're, we're proceeding at a, a steady uh, pace through the book here. And this time we're dealing with Siri and sound, uh, uh, two things kind of combined in one, hopefully one session, um, is the idea. So we'll start with Siri. Uh, Siri is a digital assistant and that's different than a control for the, uh, uh, to replace the screen. So, uh, when people get a bit confused between voiceover, Siri and voice control. So let's just make sure we understand where we are voiceover. We covered in earlier sessions. That is the screen reader that reads the screen and provides an interface for blind people to control their iPhones using the touch screen. Uh, so that lets you input as well as output and take uh, full control of your iPhone. Siri is different. It's a digital assistant. It's not meant to do everything. People often make the mistake of thinking that Siri is what makes the iPhone accessible. And really it's not. Siri is a, is supposed to be a digital assistant, it's supposed to help you do some things uh just by talking to your phone and, a- and answering questions it asks you. Um, but it's not supposed to be a replacement for. Uh, your the touch screen. Uh, so you, you still have to learn gestures, how to use the touch screen in order to fully use your iPhone. Now, uh, a voice control uh, is supposed to be more along the lines of a complete replacement. It lets you dictate to your phone and order your phone to do everything, including, including move, Uh, flicking to previous and next items and things that you'd normally do with gestures Uh, that it's quite involved and uh, doesn't always work terrifically with voiceover. It is possible to use both in conjunction with each other, but it's, it's clunky, it's inefficient. You wouldn't want to, unless you really had to. Um, So we'll get into voiceover in a future session, Uh, sorry, voice control (laughs) in in a future session. But for today, our focus is on the digital assistant Siri and the myth and the reality of Siri. So, of course, it's it's a bit of a three card trick. Apple says, "Pick any card. Try ask Siri to do just about anything or any question, and it'll answer or it'll, you know, do what you tell it." And and that's not really true, as as many of us have bemoaned over the years, uh, what Siri uh, gets wrong and misunderstands and and does incorrectly. Uh, or incompletely. So the other thing with Siri, uh, one of the first examples of limitations here is if you ask Siri a question about a place or about a thing, it might find information for you. Sometimes it gives you a brief answer. Other times it'll say, I found this on the web, check it out. And it will then push information onto the screen that voiceover doesn't announce right away. And if you're blind and you didn't know about voiceover and you just relied on Siri, well, that would be the end of it. You couldn't get at that information. You couldn't get Siri to read that information to you, you know, but thankfully we have voiceover and it comes to the rescue. And if you touch the screen after you, after Siri says this voiceover, will fill in the gaps and read what's on that screen. And even that you double tap on links, to uh, get at what they lead to from that bit of information that Siri has found. So that is a clear example of of digital assistant. Here is some information, I'll bring it up and show you. uh, And screen reader, I will read this visual information to you and let you interact with whatever's there. So that is a, a pretty decent example of the difference between a digital assistant and a screen reader. So. Uh, Siri is doing a couple of things it 's using artificial intelligence and or, Apple is really shied away from that word they're down they're very uh consciously in their marketing now using the term machine learning so basically what that is is the computer your your iPhone uh, has a neural engine on it uh, artificial intelligence chip and its purpose is to basically learn from how you use your phone and uh sort of help match patterns. It looks for patterns. That's what it's 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 trying to learn from images, from patterns and, and what you do with it. So, for example, if it shows a range of images and maybe some of them are coffee cups, you would say, you know, this and that and the other one are coffee cups and the rest are something else. And it could learn from that and better know how to recognize a coffee cup. So that's essentially what... Artif- this deep learning, this artificial intelligence is, is drawing in when we ask Siri to do things. It's uh, looking for, it recognizes, oh, a lot of people have said, turn on uh, uh, Bluetooth, and this is what they mean. And so I, I know to do this, right? And uh, that it sort of optimizes that as it goes along. So you can ask it to do simple tasks. You can ask it to uh Answer questions, and sometimes you'll get a good answer. Uh, sometimes you'll get a not-so-good answer. Um, or you'll get one of these, I found this on the web, check it out, answers, which you then have to use voiceover to interact with. Um, you can ask it to do simple things, go to voiceover settings. Uh, but it does. it's not a universal thing. Sometimes it won't go to certain sections of settings for some reason. So there are little bugs and glitches here and there. You know, and, and sometimes it just flat out misunderstands you and uh, does exactly what, you know, sometimes what you don't want to happen. Um, and that can be problematic. So, yes, uh, deep learning is different than the kind of artificial intelligence that we all kind of fantasize about. Um, now, so what happens is when you ask Siri to do something, it's, it, it does a lot of the processing on your phone. Uh, if you need information that's not on your phone to answer a question, it will go on the internet and search out that information by accessing a cloud of, of data that it can tap into to get your answer. It can look at Wikipedia, it can look at other sites on the net, and uh, it, it, Apple has uh, special databases that it has created that it can tap for answers to, to queries uh, to maximize speed and such. But an awful lot of the processing now happens on your phone, so even if you're not connected to the internet, you would uh, your cellular data, you could still do things uh, with Siri uh, more than you could before. Uh, one example of a benefit is you can dictate now. If you just want to dictate a, an email or something or a note, you could start dictation, and it, there used to be a minute a limit of about a minute of time, and then it would would pause, and you'd have to stop and then start again to get another you know, chunk of time uh, because it had to send that out to the cloud to be processed and then sent back to your phone. But now since more is happening on your phone, that limit is gone. You could dictate for like 10 minutes and you'd never have to stop. So uh, that's one sort of tangible uh, improvement that happens when processing is happening on your phone versus online over the cloud. So, A couple of books, if you want to read uh, a bit more deeply into uh, the the whole digital assistant question and what it is and what's going on behind the scenes, I've got a couple of books here I recommend. James Vlahos' book called Talk to Me, uh, How Voice Computing uh, Will will Transform the Way We Work and Think, uh, Live and Think, Work, Live and Think. Uh, That's one book, James Vlahos. uh, Uh, The other one is The One Device by Brian Merchant. And uh, that has a whole section on the origins of Siri, how Siri came to be. Uh, And it is a fascinating book about the the creation of the iPhone, uh, how we ended up with this one device that does everything and fascinating in and of itself. But those are the two books to really delve deeply uh, into uh, the guts of Siri, what it's doing, what, what the limitations are. Uh, so, yeah, it can't do everything. And uh, just keep that in mind when you use it. It's it's not foolproof and cannot do everything. If you can't ask it, write me a thesis that I can hand in, you know, for top marks uh, in my course, you know, you're going to have to write that yourself. Uh, and you can do that in a word processing app. Now, you could dictate that thesis into the word processing app using Siri, uh, but you'd have to get into the word processing app first you have to go into a, a, fi- a file, an edit field, and you have to get the dictation going. Uh, at which point, then you could start talking. So, um, Siri is—it uh, doesn't always, it won't always read information. Uh, you can set it to respond verbally and give you something verbal all the time, but it doesn't have to. Uh, if you're driving or something else, uh, there are there are settings that it can it can give more visual stuff and less. Uh, speech. and Because some sighted people find it much too verbose, so there are ways to curtail uh, how much audio information Siri can uh, give you. So uh, so there's a lot of, of things that uh, Siri can, can do. It can lower or raise volume. You can tell it to lower or raise brightness. A lot of these simple things uh, turn on or off airplane mode. So there's a lot of of the simpler settings that you can just ask it to adjust and uh uh so that is uh, is one really helpful thing uh especially as you're learning it before you master the touch screen Siri can be really helpful uh because you can say you know put a, uh this appointment in my calendar for march the eighth uh, two thousand twenty four dentist appointment at twelve forty uh, it you can do things like that and make use of things like the calendar and you can ask Siri what's on my calendar um, and have conversations. It's a slow approach uh, slower like you can have a much quicker once you get a, a expert at using the touchscreen and the apps uh, it's all you always have more control and more of a view of what's going on by using an app versus Siri. but Siri can interface with a lot of these apps. you can just ask Siri, Uh, to play uh, a radio station, AMI audio radio station or CP24 radio station. Uh, If you don't specify radio station, it might confuse it with a song. If there's a song with the same name and then you get a bit of music, you might not expect. So you have to be specific with Siri. Um, Be sure you ask for exactly what you want Um, and, and it will go better. The other thing uh, i found is it's good to have a commanding voice when you're talking to Siri. Uh, you know, it, it kind of helps if you enunciate, you enunciate clearly, uh, Siri, open the door kind of thing, uh, as opposed to more casual. It, it can un- possibly understand that a bit better uh, if you use sort of a more announcer kind of voice. Um, doesn't have to be really different. You don't have to imitate anything different, but just think commanding. You're commanding something, right? And be very clear with your intentions, uh, and you'll probably have a, a better relationship to Siri. Uh, so it can reply uh, from messages. Uh, you can ask it to reply to a message or send someone a message, and it can do things like that for you. And it will ask you. You can dictate the message, and then it'll ask you, "Are you this is send this? Are you ready to send?" And, and you could say change message or, or no if you're not happy with it, what it has. So there are, you know, there are ways to, uh, you know, to control more of what happens, what results from Siri. It's uh, it's pretty easy to set up. You can uh, when you go through the uh, the setup process, uh, it will ask at one point for you to say certain things to to make sure that Siri understands your voice better. And uh, you know th- that will uh, make sure that that uh, Siri will will pick your voice out of a crowd and uh, you know be able to recognize you versus other people. Uh, and uh, hopefully that will uh, will help it uh, it be a, a more uh, ready assistant in various places, particularly if there's background noise or things of, of that nature. So, yeah, there's uh, the settings to control Siri, it's all in a section called, uh, uh, basically in the settings app, as we've discovered before, Siri in sound. Uh, you go in there, uh, or Siri in search rather, Siri in search. You go in there and you, you have a lot of options to tweak how Siri behaves. And uh, you can uh, make sure it knows who you are, uh, your contact information. Uh, you can tell it who other people are in relation to you. Uh, it knows that Sarah is my wife, for example. Uh, and uh, things of that nature so it can understand relationships. And then if you said, send a message to dad saying this, it would know who dad was. Uh, so there's things like that that you can teach it in settings. Uh, you, you can uh, choose Siri's voice. You're not stuck with the, devo- the voice it comes with. There are actually about four voices in American English. There are even more in other languages, uh, British and other languages. Uh, so you have a variety of voices you can choose from. Uh, that's in the Siri and search section. Um, you can uh, choose how to summon Siri. Uh, you know, I have it so on my phone, I have to hold down the action button, uh, the side button, and it will eventually go ding. And then after the ding, I can say what I want to say, and Siri will hear me. Uh, I prefer that to having the A-S Hey" s word. Um, it can listen. It can listen for that. But then, what you what can happen is if it hears something, it mistakes for AS, It will trigger, and uh, that could have some consequences. So think about how you want to engage with Siri. Um, there's a lot uh, of choice there. Uh, you can even, if you go into uh, settings accessibility, there are some more Siri uh, Siri settings. One of which is type to Siri. So instead of talking to Siri, you could type your question. And in some environments, uh, or for people who can't speak, uh, there are some people with voice difficulties and and to such that Siri just can't work with them, uh, then this is an alternative approach. You can type your inquiries to Siri and have it respond in text. So even for deaf-blind people, Siri can be useful. You just have to go in and set those settings uh, in accessibility uh, to get that behavior so that it will be useful even if you're just using braille uh to to respond so uh there's a few a couple of other settings in the uh in, in series uh settings uh so you can say you can set your information so it knows about you uh choose the voice uh uh do a few different things you can set suggestions what apps it monitors you using and learns from, it can make suggestions. You can have some control over that if you want it and change when it is observing and which apps maybe you prefer that it didn't observe. You you have some control over that in the Siri and search uh, settings. So really, it's a good idea to go through those. That's your primary means of really uh, configuring Siri. There's not a ton of settings there. Uh, you know, it's it's just enough to sort of tweak it a little bit. Really, you know, Apple has followed this approach of it's so simple, you won't have to configure it much and Siri will just, uh, you know, please everyone. And of course, like so many times, it, it doesn't quite work out that way, but it's, it's a good tool to know about and to use. And uh, so hopefully people can uh, look at those settings and tweak Siri to be... Uh, the assistant that they they most desire uh, it to, to be, um, so you know that's uh, eventually over time it'll learn your speaking habits and such, and uh, it will uh, get a bit better at, uh, at at basically accommodating that and understanding you uh, in different situations. Uh, another thing with Siri is shortcuts. There's an app called Shortcuts that comes with iOS, and you can Create shortcuts to do different things. I haven't done a lot with this, but you can get shortcuts from a gallery uh, in the app, and you can download them, you can put them in your library of active shortcuts, and you can add words, keywords that you can say to Siri to activate those shortcuts. So I had one called church when I was a deacon at my church. I sometimes wanted to get instantly to the directory of Ulysses, the writing app I used that had to do with church, and I could send, I could just activate this Siri and go church, and it would know that word and know that I wanted Ulysses to be at that directory with my church files in it, and it would just do it. So you know, it can be as small as something like that, or there are some very complex shortcuts that will take a number of actions after they're activated or ask you questions so that they can do things like order you an Uber or different things like that. Various apps will have shortcuts associated with them. And if you look in the Shortcuts app in the gallery section, you can go through and just explore and and hopefully find uh, shortcuts that will sort of make life more convenient and they tie into Siri and uh, will let you basically make Siri a bit more powerful than it otherwise would be. You can always look in the My shortcuts tab in the shortcuts app and that will have any shortcuts that you have active. You can remove them from active use, uh, delete them, uh, you know things like that. Uh, so they can get quite advanced. Uh, there's a book uh, by Anna Dresner, uh, and uh, I'm just I can't quite find the name of it, but it's all about uh, shortcuts. And uh, if, if people want to dive into that a bit more deeply, uh, I would recommend that book because uh, he does a much better job than me at sort of outlining some use cases and uh, you know, things like that where shortcuts can be really useful for blind people that, that need things, strings of actions taken together. Uh, there's, there's a lot of sort of room for that uh, when it comes to uh, shortcuts. Uh, uh, book by Dresner, uh, yeah, D R E S N E R. And the name is, is Getting the Job Done with Shortcuts, is the name of the book. It's been out for a few years now. And, uh, so that's something that might be worth your while to look up and, uh, make use of. So that hopefully will clear some things up about Siri. Uh, like it's, it's a bit of a brief tour, but, hopefully enough to sort of give you a, a, more, a better estimation of what is possible with Siri and the limitations, right? It's for light, quick tasks, not really for heavy, you know, won't be able to turn hours of work into seconds or anything like that, right? So uh, not a replacement for a, a full-time employee. It's just an assistant that helps with minor tasks. So keep that in mind, and uh, hopefully you won't be too disappointed when Siri doesn't quite understand what you want. Uh, so that is that is a bit about Siri. Uh, the next thing we're going to look at today is sound. iOS has made some decisions about how it handles sound, and they can get people into a bit of trouble uh, if they don't understand what's happening. So uh, I. Uh, basically there's there's a couple of things. First of all, that it keeps track of different sound volume levels when you're using different things. So if I go from these headphones I'm wearing now where I'm talking to you, these earpods, and I uh, th- that has a different volume level set than if I pull them out and switch to speaker and just have my iPhone speaker talking. Uh, maybe I have on my headphones, my volume might be at 80%, but speakers uh maybe i have them at 100% or maybe i have it quieter so there's that to contend with so sometimes you know you uh, uh, there's one fellow i knew who had his uh headphones that he had uh, he didn't realize that he had pressed his iphone was in his pocket and when it sat in a chair you know he pressed the volume down uh and but he put his headphones in again after he took it out of his pocket and they were fine because you know the headphone volume was different and hadn't changed so he goes along through his evening using his headphones and thinking nothing's wrong he takes the iphone to bed and he plugs it in and usually you hear a little chirp and you hear it voiceover will say you know possibly something as your hand brushes over it that didn't happen with him and he's like what's going on here and what had happened of course was that pressure on the chair had been at the exact right point to press the down volume while he, you know, the, the headphones were out. And he didn't notice because when he pressed the headphones, he put his headphones in again, after taking the iPhone out of his pocket, it went to the, the volume level that was set for when, when wearing those headphones. So basically he panicked thinking voiceover had crashed or something else. And uh, it took, you know, quite a bit to, to get, the situation sorted out, where really all he would have had to done was raise the volume and uh, have it speak while the volume was being raised, and that would have helped him hear. Uh, eventually, that that this is ha- this had happened. So, just be aware that that your iPhone is keeping track of the volume levels that you choose to have. Uh, basically, media that sound, music playback, and with or without headphones, uh, they they are all registered as different variables. And uh, sometimes you can get into a situation where it seems like voiceover is not speaking, but it's, it's the volume. So always check the volume first, just, you know, hold that up volume button down and click it a number of times. It'll jump up by increments and hopefully you'll eventually be able to hear voiceover and uh, sort the mess out. Um, Because that's something that, that some people don't realize. Is, uh, is, is heading and it, it can be different for different headsets too. It might recognize that, like, for example, different Bluetooth headsets, you might have different volume. On top of that, the ringer and alert volumes can be in the settings. If you go into settings and go into sound and haptics, you can change the ringer and alert uh, volume and have it either affected or not affected by the volume buttons so you could be say in a meeting and you might get a phone call and you quickly you know jam your finger on the volume down button to lower everything and get you know so the ring isn't embarrassing you or disturbing other people and you you forget you've done that and then you miss calls later because the ringer volume has been set so low that you don't hear it when it's in your pocket so that's another thing you can go in and you can say you can set the ringer and alert level to a certain separate level, separate from the main volume, and you can lock it. You can say, you know, don't be affected by the volume buttons. And then the ringer and alerts will always be, you know, that loud, as loud as you set said it. Uh, And even if you turn everything else down to near silence, uh, you know, you'll still get a loud ringer and alert, so you won't miss them. Uh, So that's something to keep in mind that you can do. Uh, just to make life a little easier uh, and and not worry so much that you'll miss out on alerts and ringtones uh, from people who are calling you or for notifications. At least you know, even if you don't hear the notification, you'll at least hear the bleep that lets you know that something's there. So you can take action at that point and realize what's happened. Uh, so that's uh, all in uh, sounds and haptics. Uh, haptics are little vibrations that can happen that, uh, you know, to tell you that things are are happening. Uh, for example, if, if voiceover has a number of these little vibrations as you go over lines and, and do commands, it'll have little, little vibrations to let you know that things happen, which can be useful, uh, particularly if you're, uh, if you don't want sound for some reason, maybe you're using braille and you have speech off and you don't really want those little ticks to happen on the screen in, uh, so you can have control over over hapti- haptics and sound in voiceover as well as all other sounds and haptics. Uh, so that's, that's something to keep in mind. Now, no volume level can be any louder than the master volume level. Okay, so you can't have uh, – unfortunately, there's no real way to have a steady volume of music, for example – and voiceover, you know, 20% louder and have that just be consistently locked in. You know, it'll drift over time, I find. And you'll have to eventually adjust to try to get the music softer, uh, but still steady. Uh, you know, the voiceover provides something called audio ducking. And I despair of audio ducking because what it does is it drastically ducks other audio. So you could be listening to a movie and VoiceOver will give you a notification, and you will miss what the movie said, what a line in the movie or two, because VoiceOver will read this notification to you, and it takes precedence if you have audio ducking on. And that can apply to calls and things too, right? So you could be in a chat on Zoom and suddenly have VoiceOver read a notification, and it, the audio of the call will just drop. Um, so that's one thing where I find it's easier if audio ducking is off, because then at least everything stays steady and you can adjust voiceover's volume separately, have it up at like 100 and you know have it at least as loud as other things happening on your phone. Uh, what I would really like is if Apple would give, either let you customize how sharp a drop the audio ducking let you do or uh, else make it so that you can really, you know, set sliders so that music is at 80%, voiceover is at 90 or 100%, and so on. So you could really customize, set those levels of things. Uh, but unfortunately, it, it's a bit more, uh, you know, simplified than that. And you can't have that kind of control, uh, over your, your sound. So, uh, just, uh, you know, make sure you are aware of that and and uh, don't panic, right, if you get into those troubles. There's usually a way to fix it. I've, you know, had one occasion where I just couldn't, without sighted help, I had to go and find someone sighted and we set it to rights. Some apps have their own separate volume. Uh, for example, Nature Space is a really good soundscape app that has nature sounds and kind of has holographic recordings, and it has a separate slider that you can set, it's, it's, it has one for system volume, you can change the overall volume, and then you can change nature space volume and really have it set at a, a, a different level. And I find that really good uh, as opposed to music where you really can't do that. Um, so uh, that's just something to keep in mind. Some of these soundscape apps in particular, uh, My Noise is another one where you can really set the level of your ambience. And sometimes that's a better fit with voiceover. Uh, It's not as prone to sudden rises and drops in volume and things like that. So uh, yeah, that's (laughs) something to consider. Uh, Another thing that sometimes happens to people using voiceover is they accidentally don't realize that they've left the rotor on volume, and then they flick up and down, and suddenly voiceover gets quieter or louder and startles them, or, or, or they miss something. Because they don't realize that they've changed voiceover volume. You can prevent that by removing it from the rotor and putting volume in quick settings. And once it's in quick settings, you can quickly get at it when you need to by dub- doing a two finger quadruple tap. So four taps with two fingers at once. And uh, that will get you into quick settings. And then in which case you can adjust the volume and then go out of quick settings back to what you're doing. So for, especially for beginners, who are still getting used to the rotor uh, that might be uh, a good alternative to make sure that you can have voiceover volume at a set level. And it's not going to change through any accidental gestures uh, you might make. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something to, to consider. Same with speech rate. Um, that's another thing that you, you can uh, uh, adjust. Uh, so yeah, uh, audio ducking. Of course, you can turn on and off that as well. You can have it on the rotor, and you can also have in quick settings, so that uh, you know you can quickly turn it on and off as needed. Another place you'll find adjustments uh, for sound overall, especially if you're using AirPods uh, or uh, AirPods Max. Uh, there are some other Apple headsets that support uh, what they call headphone accommodations. So you go into Settings, accessibility, and hearing. And under the hearing heading, you'll find head uh, headphone accommodations. And you can uh, set uh, different things uh, in terms of uh, basically uh, the tone of sound. Uh, you can set it to be sort of brighter, so higher sounds get more focus. Uh, you know, sort of a, a boost in general across a wider array of focuses uh, or uh, bass or vocal. You can can concentrate on vocal so that you hear speech much better. Uh, This is useful if you have sort of hearing loss but don't quite require hearing aids. Um, It it can be really useful for that. You can also import audiograms if you have them from your hearing aids. And uh, if you have access to it, it would have to see the audiogram either on a PDF or something like that that you could then import and uh, used to set uh, how sounds uh, are played and but this only works if you're using apple headphones that support this like my ear pods that i'm using right now uh, it makes no difference if i set uh, headphone accommodations uh, to these different settings another place where you'll find uh, adjustments that really go beyond music is the music settings if you go into settings music and then flick right, you eventually get to EQ. And you can set the EQ to a bunch of different things. I find the late night uh, EQ quite useful at times. And it will change not only the music, but how all media is played. And that can be kind of useful for you know, picking up certain things. Again, with the hearing loss, things like that, that, or environments where maybe it's noisy and you want to sort of differentiate from the noise more, uh, things like that. Uh, you can use these uh, e- this EQ hitting away in the music settings to help accommodate that. There are a bunch of different settings, and, of course, there's off, so you can just get rid of it altogether and just not have EQ uh, active anymore. And uh, that can be quite useful. Uh, the other new thing that has come up recently is spatial audio uh, that has uh, been added. That, again, you need supporting uh headset, uh, either AirPods, uh, things like that. Um, uh, Earpods don't cut it. Um, And what it does is it will position audio more naturally around you. And uh, so movies and things will sound somewhat better. Music sounds, uh, you can hear much more detail, uh, where people might be standing in the performance, things like that. Like it's, it's, it can do a lot and make things sound more spacious and realistic. So A lot of people really like that. It's a pain to set up. You have to use your uh, camera on your iPhone to sort of get 3D pictures of your ears and and your head, basically. So it measures. It can have a sort of sculpted model of your head in in 3D digits. And it will then take that information and activate this spatial audio mode uh, specific to your head size and shape. And that's how it achieves this sort of extra realistic uh, soundscaping that then you have you'll have access to when you're wearing those uh, AirPods or other. I think there are Beats uh, headphones and some others that that will support this. Um, so that for some people that can be really useful uh, and uh, can certainly make audio dramas and movies sound pretty impressive. So that might be something to keep in mind. Uh, the other thing is you can broadcast. Sound to devices with air casting, uh, with Bluetooth. So, uh, you, you can connect to say a Bluetooth speaker and then you can airplay. Uh, you can start a song going and then, uh, a lot of these apps will have air, airplay or connect to other devices buttons. Audible has this and then you can, you can connect it to, for example, the, I have HomePod minis in my apartment and I can connect audible to that. Uh, and have it play audio dramas and things through it, and it sounds quite good. Uh, so you could do, you could bring like a Bluetooth speaker with you to a party, and uh, aircast to that speaker uh, your music, and just have your music right there that you can share with everybody. Uh, now the one nice thing is these days, what seems to be happening more often than not is that voiceover stays on your phone, and the the played media, the music, goes to your speaker, so. Provided that's true, it's not always. Some speakers it doesn't work this way with. Some of them will take voiceover on board as well. The thing with that is lag. If you're listening to something like music, it doesn't really matter if it's it's as snappy, right? Uh, you can maybe have a quarter-second delay before it skips or something if, if you wanted, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. But if you're controlling things with voiceover, you need to know right away that you're flicked over to the answer button rather than the end call or, or, you know, ignore a call button. And if, if there's a delay, if there's a lag, then you might not know that. So that's one thing to be mindful of with using your, your iPhone with uh, Bluetooth speakers. The other thing that can happen is volume can sort of vary. It can screw up how voiceovers volume behaves if uh you you have a speaker going. Sometimes I've had that happen with some speakers. There's one thing you can do in that uh in that situation that I found helpful, and that's turn off voiceover sounds. You go into uh voiceover, you go into audio and you turn off the sounds. They have little sound cues that voiceover makes to tell you things. And if you can live without those, I find that in, in the cases where uh a speaker isn't really handling voiceover super well, uh, that might help save the day in such circumstances, but that's that's one of those things that, that, that there doesn't seem to be a really happy situation solved to fix uh, completely. But uh, you know, it might help uh, if you if you need to work with a Bluetooth speaker and VoiceOver insists on speaking through it and not your iPhone, uh, then uh, you know, taking getting rid of the sounds that VoiceOver has might uh, save you from volume fluctuations. So you know these are some of the quirks that iOS has when, when it comes to sound. Apple really has tried to keep things simple for people. And I think in doing so, it's gone a bit too far and not provided the options that would have been more helpful, particularly for those of us who rely on voiceover, really rely on snappy, responsive control of your iPhone through sound, through audio, rather than through sight. And you know, because these devices were made with sighted people mainly in mind, this is one of these areas that we run into these little, little shortcomings that just don't. I, I don't. It's not a conspiracy. Apple isn't sitting sitting there saying, "Oh, we, you know, let's fool blind people." It's it's just that they don't think, they don't appreciate, all, like all the time, the the nuances of of how we use sound and how important it is that uh, lag is not a factor. And that's one of the reasons I really applaud how now voiceover comes more through the the phone more often than not, and not through the speakers that you're sending sound to. So it has gotten better over the years, but there's still, I think, work that they could do. So yeah, that is a a brief tour of Siri and of sound. And uh, I'm not quite sure how much time we have left, but we seem to have covered uh sections uh, uh, so we'll be, be moving on next time to uh security uh defending yourself digitally and uh, what apple does to help you with that process
1: excellent thank you michael we're very very informative and a great presentation um, i i think we have a bit of time for some questions and answers but just before that i'll uh stop the recording before doing so we'll say goodbye to our podcast listeners and if they'd like to join us personally with the opportunity to ask questions and such. Our next full session will be October the 4th. And of course, Michael's back on the 20th for a and a So thank you again to those that have listened on the podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free, at one eight seven seven three zero four zero nine six eight, you can follow our gtt blog at gttprogram.blog if you'd like to subscribe to our email support list you can send a blank email to gttsupport plus sign subscribe at groups.io and you can follow the canadian council of the blind on the web at ccbnational dot net.